The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 306 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News on this a they, oh man, Brad. Okay, I'm out of here. Oh uh, well, stay for a while. Uh, you know, I, I've often said on this show, and by the way, coming up in this half hour, actually in just a few minutes, we're going to have uh, Brian Mason uh, on the phone uh, to talk about his announcement this morning that he will not be running for re-election. But until we get there, uh, as I often say on the show, Brad, um, I'm surprised by what engages our listeners. Some things you know are going to engage them. And I've heard other talk show hosts talk about this, that if it's a slow day, potholes, bike lanes, and... Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know. we've been on a roll with these top ten lists. <laughs> well, Listeners yes. have been loving them, though. They have. Remember we're... last week when we were talking about, and we don't need to get more text mm-hmm. about this right now, to be clear. Right. But we were talking about um, guilty pleasure food, or what's the oh, worst... Oh, that's right. What's the best, worst meal that you've ever had as, as a, a single, single person. person yeah yeah that was incredible some that, of those, that, some of those they entries. were continuing to come in after we got off the air oh really eh? I, I went home and checked the texting page and they were still coming in <laughs> and i don't know what reed was thinking because he's talking oilers or whatever they're like well, what about you know what about bananas with sausage and <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like oh. should we keep lucic what about bananas yeah. <laughs> i don't know who that is um so here's the deal uh, we were talking earlier about Shoplifting. I, I don't even remember how we got there. Was it because Charles Ning got arrested for shoplifting? And yeah, we were talking about the Spruce Grove right. incident. Right. Oh, that's right. That yeah. went into to Charles Ning, and then it went to, well, my stories, your yes. story, and now apparently a lot of our listeners at one point in their lives have shoplifted. Yes, and I have to tell you um, that I really admire some of you uh, for getting whatever provider, service provider that allows the length of these texts because <laughs> we're quite restricted in what we can, I think we're 120 characters or something, but some of these are, are short novels, but I'll summarize a bit. So we're still getting texts. Five years old, this text says. Five years old, my eight-year-old sister was the ringleader, scored a bunch of chocolate bars at the corner store, all went well until we got home and I showed off the bounty to my mother. That part did not go well. That was 60 years ago. Never stole again. No kidding. Thought your mom would be proud. Uh, good afternoon, Andrew. Brad's here too. Uh, when I was much younger, I had a co-worker that enjoyed swiping our apple juice that we had purchased in the morning. This went on. You know where this is going. Yeah. Uh, this uh, went on for some time until I took and bought a bottle of apple juice, drank it, Filled it with urine. Uh, the color was very close, and the warmth of the urine, when it cooled, sealed the bottle again. We all watched him swipe it, and you watched him open it, and I could only let him get the bottle close to his lips before I stopped him. From then on, all our drinks were safe in the shop. He never stole any of our juice or pop or milk again. This man was 28 at the time. That from Greg in Westlock. I'm going to have to share a story with you off the air. Um, there, it has that, we have a rule it. against that. No, no, no. Do it on the air. No, I cannot. Why not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Bit but, of a uh, rear-ender, is it? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's just some Will you share with me off the air, and then I'll summarize it for our listeners? Maybe. All right. 
And this one, I was 16 years old and my younger sister at Kmart in Victoria, BC, I was in the automotive department pricing out some parts, did not buy anything, walked out of the store and a man came out and grabbed me by the arm and dragged me and my sister back into the store, accused me of shoplifting. They didn't find anything on me and I kept telling them I didn't take anything and they then accused me of dropping it off down another aisle. They said they were going to call my mother and father and we left the store and we went home and I told my dad and he took us back to Kmart and demanded to see the VCR tapes. They watched the whole time. Me and my sister were in the store and saw that I didn't steal anything. The manager of the automotive department was fired on the spot and we got a big apology from the manager of the store. Hmm. Definitely more than 120 characters. Yeah, that's an absolute <laughs> short story. All right, so listen, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our break in this half hour a little early to allow as much time as possible to talk to uh, Brian Mason. Uh, and then I think in this hour as well, I know we're going to talk to Bev Eslinger. Yay, there you go. So Brad points out off air that I've been pronouncing Bev Eslinger's name, Bev Eslinger, but you know I've been pronouncing it that way for the better part of six years. <laughs> and Bev's never pointed it out. That's another one where... There we go. So I'll bring that up with her. Uh, so sometime in the next hour as well, we'll have that 18 holes of golf at the Ranch Golf and Country Club to give away. As I said, we'll try and do it in this hour because typically we do it in the 5 o'clock hour and the same people are listening and I want to give new people an opportunity. You know, uh, Brad Whisker. Yes, Andrew Gross. Thank you. Uh, earlier today, I was talking about how we had a uh, minister on the uh, on the line for an interview. I was by myself, and I asked him, Fred Horn, healthcare, how's it going? Yeah. And uh, he took off with it. Um, Bev Eslinger, Eslinger will be on the show in just a few minutes. She's coming up after 3.30. Yeah, 20 minutes or so. I have read this press release three times and don't understand it. No, I'm having a tough time grasping it myself. I really hope, and I know she will, be able to provide us clarity. Listen to this paragraph, and I don't even know how to word this question. Uh, so it's clarifying for developers what they'll have to come up with when it comes to new um, ideas for development in the city of Edmonton in order to provide the community in which the development goes with some new amenities, right? So, here, listen to this. The contribution of the developer will have... The contribution the developer will have to come up with will be set based on the square footage of what they want to build, multiplied by a flat rate that's based on the value of all the contributions that have happened since 2010, indexed to inflation. Got it. Do you know what that means? Seriously, no. Because I don't know what that <laughs> no, means. No, I don't. I was just kidding. I have no idea what that means. I, I, I've literally read it like four times and gone, I don't, I don't understand what that means. And I'm probably not as smart or savvy as the developer, so maybe no. they do know what that means. I told you earlier I was bad at science in school. Math was second to that. Uh, yeah. This is why I'm in radio. I can't do the match this rate with that rate and multiply it by inflation, and there we go, bingo, bingo, bongo. We have our number. It, it means absolutely nothing to me, but we'll get that uh, clarified uh, by Bev Eslinger in just a moment. We're going to be joined on the phone by Brian Mason in just a moment, in theory at least. The longest-serving member of the Alberta's 29th Ledge, uh, he'll be not be seeking re-election. Uh, he is, of course, the current Alberta Transportation Minister. And he made the announcement Wednesday morning. I want to play the announcement again, but I want to wait for Brian Mason to actually be on hold so that he can hear the announcement. I know he was there because he made the announcement. But greatest retirement announcement ever. Well, that's what I said to you when you came in, eh? I said, did you listen no, to you the whole... you were still laughing when I came in. Yeah, did you, did you hear the announcement? You said, oh, parts of it. Did you catch the beginning? No, I, I missed the beginning. Yeah. 
And I played the beginning for you, and you said we have to get that. Well, you know what? We got it. We don't. We don't have Brian on the line yet. But let's let's play the announcement again because it was just so good. So to set it up, you know, the way these things happen is uh, typically um, a press secretary comes out, and there's a pool of media waiting to hear whatever the announcement's going to be. Many assume they know what it's going to be, which is the other sort of facade that gets played out because. Typically, when you go to one of these, you already know what the announcement is going to be, right? So, but he still has to come out and announce it because everyone needs a soundbite to play on their news, whether it's television, radio, or whatever, or to quote in their newspaper. Uh, but this was uh, Brian, uh, Brian Mason's announcement today. Good morning, and thank you all for coming. So I will not be running again in the next election. Does anyone have any questions? Was that followed by laughter by the yeah there was media some, pool yeah from the press gallery there was some there was some chuckles there but they ha- they know Brian Mason really well and I think that just speaks to the character of him and I think he just wants to get the announcement out there and then would rather field questions than him seeming self centered yes he's he, not a very, right? he, absolutely and that's my impression of uh, Mr Mason over the years is he sort of like Gene Swazdowski. Do you remember when he was uh, oh, a yeah. speaker? Yeah. He was the same sort of way, very knowledgeable about the process, very under, you know, very transparent about what he stood for and that kind of thing, but not a real I don't want to say not a real order. They were both really good at speaking, but they just didn't bother with all the mumble jumble Get to the point. That, yeah, just get to the point. Sp- do what I'm not doing right now. Just spit out whatever your point is and then we'll ask whatever appropriate questions come up from there. And that's what Brian Mason did today. He made his point, and everybody had expected it. If you looked on social media at about 10.45, 10.50, a few minutes before the announcement, everybody was speculating that this is going to be it for him, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I mean, 30 years in office, 18 with the NDP, 11 prior to that as a member of city council. See, you know what? And these are those kind of interviews when a guy, when a, when a politician, not necessarily a guy, resigns. There's questions that you want to ask, but you and I will, but you don't want to be completely disrespectful. But the three questions that I really want to ask Brian Mason are, how do you feel about never having been the person who led your party to government? One, because he was the mainstay leader of the party, but never, uh, what, accumulated more than five seats or four? I'm not even sure. Very small number, regardless. Right. Number two... Um, how does he feel about everybody think not I shouldn't say everybody I'll formulate the question right now how does he feel about the fact that most people believe they were an accidental government that is that even fair to say most people a lot of people feel will say that it was an accidental government a protest yeah. vote against the conservatives left him left his party in power another great question and uh, third question well you know what you seen me tread water before look at that I believe we have him on the phone now wonderful I almost want to play the Announcement again. Just put him on hold, my friend. Don't even bother. I know exactly who it is. Just park the call. There we go. Joined now by the longest standing, I think this is uh, correct, isn't it, Brian? The longest standing MLA in this current legislature? Right now, yes. I'm the longest serving um, in the House, yes. There you go. So, of course, making the announcement this morning, we were having a little fun. I won't say at your expense, sir, but we were having a little bit of fun with your announcement this morning, just talking about how when a politician makes an announcement, it's often well-written and well-presented and lengthy, and, uh, you know, all the quotes you could ever need as a media member are all in there, and your announcement was, I'm quitting, any questions? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That sort of speaks to uh, your style of uh, politicking over the years, doesn't it? 
Well, you know, I'd rather just have straight talk, you know, than all of the, you know, the nice phrases that the staff write for you. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it's a little more real. Yeah, absolutely. So what brought you to this decision? Let's start there. Well, you know, uh, this fall uh, in October will be the 29th uh, anniversary of my first being elected to Edmonton City Council. So uh, I've, I've uh, uh, been in 10, 10 elections, I guess, and I'm also turning 65 in October. So I thought this is as good a time as any to uh, pull the plug. I've had the uh, honor of serving in government uh, uh, and after a long time in opposition and uh, did my uh, stint on Edmonton City Council before that. So it's been a very good and satisfying career, but at some point you just have to say, well, it's time to move on. You know, Brian, uh, an odd question perhaps, but I'm kind of well known for that. Is serving in government like an NHL player who had a great career but doesn't have that Stanley Cup ring? I mean, is it that sort of satisfaction to finally find yourself on the government (laughs) side? I don't know how they feel. Uh, but I feel very pleased and proud and, and a little surprised, actually, to have the honor of serving in government. I knew that eventually the government would be defeated. I just didn't really expect it would be by us and when I'm still there because hmm. they seem to go on and on forever. Brian, have you spoken with Premier Notley? And if so, is she going to let you finish this term still under the minister, the transportation file? Yes, I did. Uh, I did talk to the premier uh, some time ago. Uh, she wanted to know my intentions, and I said that I would uh, uh, be uh, retiring at the end of the term. And she's asked me to continue as transportation minister and as uh, government house leader, and I've agreed to that. You, you know, Brian. A moment ago, you just said that uh, you felt that this uh, piece or that PC government, forty-three years in power, would be defeated. You weren't sure it would be by your party. Um, many people who phone into this show believe that uh, the NDP were elected as a protest to the Conservative government. And the logic that follows from that statement is that they have very little hope of reforming a government. What's your, what's your feeling on that? I'm sure others must have told you that, said that to you. Well, I know that that's a theory that's out there. Um, you know, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't particularly buy it. People did vote against the PC government. They were looking to, uh, you know, get rid of them. And and if you look at the vote, you'll see that a lot of the, uh, a lot of people were sort of torn between voting for us or the Wild Rose. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. so uh, so that was that was certainly part of it. But I think most people also voted for something, and uh, they voted for what we were talking about, which was trying to preserve the important services that we have to get off the royalty royal roller coaster as it were to try and bring some stability to the province's economy and to, to the uh, finances of the province and uh, and that's a long-term goal that takes a lot of work but i think we've made some good progress there um so no i think a, i think most people voted for something as well as voting uh, against something brian this decision was made a little later than maybe you had anticipated. Um, you said this morning that you had actually considered not running last time and then saying, thank God I did. Well, yeah, I, it was, uh, to me, it was, I was torn between whether I would uh, go for another term or not. Uh, certainly had not at that time, uh, did not have an expectation of being in government. Always you hope, you know, and you work hard to try and get there. 
Um, but it wasn't really uh, a working assumption for me that we would be the government. Um, so I decided to run again, and I'm really glad I had this opportunity. It's a wonderful honor to you know, serve the people of Alberta in this capacity. And after a long political career, it's kind of a, you know, uh, a crowning uh, achievement. And I'm quite honoured to have the chance. Brian, had the NDP not won the 2015 election, would you have resigned your seat at that moment since you had been considering retirement at that time? Oh, not at all. No, I think you run, you know, you run, you you serve the term whether you're in opposition or not. So I think I don't have a lot of time for people who run only because they think they're going to be the government and then they quit when they when they don't make it. I I think that is uh, very unfair to voters. Yeah, and without you know specifically mentioning any names, uh, we're talking to Alberta Transportation Minister uh, Brian Mason, who announced this morning his intention not to run in the next provincial election. I know that it was at your um, suggestion that uh, Rachel Notley run for the leadership of the party. Do you have any regrets, uh, given what transpired in the last election, that you did not stay on as leader? No, uh, you know, I'm actually quite proud of that decision. I, I worked hard during the time I was leader, which was about 10 years, just basically to build capacity. It was, it was not a focus on winning the election. It was about can we build up our constituency associations? Can we build up our membership? Can we find uh, good candidates, more good candidates? And can we professionalize our fundraising? That, those were my objectives. And I saw very much that the, the best move to make uh, at the time was to put in place someone like Rachel as a fresh face for the party, that that would uh, uh, serve us very well, and I'm very proud of that decision. Over the course of your career, Brian, is there one thing, I like to ask this of any guest when they announce that they're getting stepping down, whether it be uh, from political or public life or private life, is there one day or one thing that you now look back on and hold up as the highlight of your political career? Well, I think the swearing-in ceremony was a highlight of my life, actually. Um, after we won the election, we had a, an outdoor uh, swearing-in of the cabinet on the steps of the legislature, and there was a crowd of over 6,000 people there. It was a beautiful, hot, sunny day. My family was there. Um, many, many people that I've known have been working for years were there, and it was a real proud uh, uh, moment to be sworn in. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Brian, because that, that moment actually stands out in my mind as well. And uh, that was the day in which uh, Premier Notley said that the doors of the ledge were open again. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great moment. Uh, regrettably, uh, that's all the time we have, Brian. With what little time we have left, I just want to thank you for your service to the province and to your party. Uh, I know you've been, uh, in my personal opinion, you've always been very approachable, always available, uh, very transparent, and I've enjoyed doing business with you over the years. I know it's been some time since we've spoken, but I always enjoy our conversation. So thank you for all of that. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, these days... Uh with the media under siege, it's really important to have uh, voices that uh, ask tough questions. So I'd like to thank you both for your service, too. Oh, I appreciate that thank as you, well, Minister. sir. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.